Code Wins, Episode 13, Reflections of J.S. Kopf, 2014, Part 2. Welcome to the Code Wins Podcast, where we cover leading-edge web developer news and training with an emphasis on Node, JavaScript, and HTML5. My name is Jeff Barcheski, and I'm here to help you navigate the winds of change. In this episode, Kevin Old joins me to continue our reflections on JSConf 2014 and to highlight some of our favorite talks from the conference. Most of the videos from JSConf are now available on YouTube, so if something sounds interesting, you can find them there. The links and show notes for this podcast are available at codewinds.com 13, as in episode 13. I'd like to welcome back to the show my friend Kevin Old. Kevin is a full-stack developer from Nashville, Tennessee, who's been helping with the planning for the first NodeConf in Nashville called Nodevember. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Jeff. Good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. So uh, things have been getting uh, getting ready for Nodevember. I, since we last talked, we've got, uh, I think, some of the uh, uh, talks have been announced and uh, some of the, the uh, names are going up. So you want to give us a short update on on what you know about uh, things in, in that world? Certainly, we've been uh, we've announced our uh, our speakers, and um, we have a great lineup. Uh, Dan Shaw, Derek Bailey uh, it, it will be speaking, and uh, we have a great lineup of talks. Uh, we're tr- uh, working a, a NodeBot event into the mix as well, and more details will be provided as we update the site. But uh, we're um, we still have early bird tickets, but they're they're going fast, so make sure to get to November.org. Yeah, so uh, yeah, get get over to November.org, and uh, I think it's November 15, 16, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's a very inexpensive uh, conference for the uh, the value there. I mean, the, some of the speakers I've saw in there look really really good, and and actually, I was yeah, I was happy to uh, to announce that I got selected as well to uh, to speak, uh, and I uh, my title for my talk is going to be uh, Ready for Battle. Hardening Node.js for the enterprise. So, I'm going to yeah, give, give some reflection. Thank you. Reflections on on uh, uh, things I've learned at uh, Elsevier and now Mastercard, and how we've been using Node, and uh, hopefully share some good uh, best practices and things there, and, and help people out as far as uh, using it in the enterprise. So, certainly looking forward to it. One other item to add is that November is is a full stack uh, or a, a, a full conference with not only node but front end topics as well so we have a, a wide range of talks uh that run the full javascript stack yeah that's great yeah i think that's a good that's a good mix since more and more of these uh apps that we build these days use both so it's mm-hmm. it's great to have that and and to you know cross over and have have both sides so that's it's really good so Certainly. yeah so i'm looking forward to that uh in november so de- definitely uh check out november.org and and get your tickets now before they're sold out so this is uh, this recording is part two of our reflections of JavaScript uh, JSConf 2014, and wanted to continue our our uh, look back at JSConf and some of the things that we learned and experienced, as well as to highlight some of the uh, the talks and some of the things, just a you know amazing lineup of speakers, and uh, you know it's just a who's who list of people that are there that you know you can meet each day, 
And so uh, Kevin and I wanted to uh, go back and kind of walk, walk through some of the the uh, the talks that were um, that were there at JSConf, and then uh, a lot of the uh, videos are up now. So uh, so that will uh, once you hear about some of these talks, you can go and, and watch them yourself and listen to the speakers. So I guess without further ado, let's uh, let's jump into it, Kevin. Awesome. So I uh, think when we left off with part one, we were we had just finished our uh, our day one of uh, of talks, and so then uh, the uh, typical JSConf style is to include uh, some activities in the middle there. So, Kevin, what did you uh, what did you do for your activities today? Ended up with the node bots. Okay, uh, I learned a great deal. Uh, in our conference bag, we had, as you know, the um, uh, Spark Core kit that allowed you to to um, you know, play with robotics and, and sensors uh, in kind of a uh, uh, friendly atmosphere. So Raquel Velez, Rick Waldron, and their team hosted the NodeBots event. And uh, it was a, an amazing day. I, I remember being intimidated going in because I didn't know anything about hardware. And uh, quickly, uh, within an hour, I was having the time of my life. <laughs> playing with sensors and uh, reading the temperature, and something as trivial as that, um, doing it via JavaScript, and and you know with the asynchronous nature that uh, that you have with JavaScript, and uh, the you know the possibilities just started um, to go wild in my mind. But, you know, there's it's an interesting time we have where we have all the the abilities of the networks that we have. Uh, with the web, you know that 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 network that just spans forever, uh, and the mashing that up with hardware um, and the ability to control something in in relatively real time, uh, it's it's very interesting when you put um, programmers in that atmosphere. So, yeah, yeah, it really is, and and it is it is something to see people kind of like come alive again, like a little kid or something, you know, when they're, when they're doing these types of things, you know, kind of brings back those old, old memories of building something, you know, as a kid, uh, of course, you Certainly. know, b back in the day, it probably wasn't anything as fancy. It was, you know, maybe some Legos or something or, or whatever, you know, um, but this nowadays, you know, you putting these things together and you get controls and you got drones and you got, you know, this, uh, they added a whole bunch of a node, um, uh, rocket uh, boats events this year so there was uh node bots was with the one you were at so that was kind of like real hardware uh you know uh, and you and did you um i think you guys built um as part of this you were you were learning how to put it all together with these kits but then also did you you built uh something to compete with to compete against each other so some people did oh, okay. um I, I did not. I chose to play around with literally the temperature sensor, and uh, um, I used one other sensor. Uh, um, I don't remember what that was uh, because it's not on my breadboard uh, at the moment. So I simply lost track of it. When you rebuild that thing, uh, you quickly find out with hardware that once you take it apart, then it's apart. So if you don't take a picture of it, then you know yeah. if you don't have a good memory then you don't know how to put it back or if you're new to things but um there was a uh, they did build um node bots uh that were like a sumo bot or a soccer bot kind of robot um and there was a soccer event at the end of the day with a ping pong ball okay and um i, I had full intentions of doing that but i didn't get my parts in time and they had a limited supply of parts so okay. once they were gone they were gone yeah. so um yeah i think but, uh, i think uh, brad uh proctor one of our friends was uh was in that i think he 
did quite he well did. in the, in that soccer game. I think there was some video of that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, he did. He and I worked together that that day. Um, so I, I was playing with the temperature sensor, and he was building his node bot. And so uh, it was it was uh, awesome to to kind of be in the middle of it, but not be as hands on. He was building it, so I could see something come alive from nothing. But uh, I, it wasn't, you know, I I was kind of a, a part of it, you know, but from afar. So yeah, cool. Well, yeah, good. it turned out really well, and he was. Yeah, I was surprised at how quickly it came together watching him build that. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a lot to do, to, you know, especially in a, in, a, in a period of a day. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's amazing Certainly. what you can, you can do these days. And I guess, you know, kind of the whole thing that's kind of neat about this is, you know, in the old days, you would have had to use uh, C++ and, you know, mm-hmm. these hard-to-use SDKs. And now you can just fire up, you know, Node with JavaScript and, and you know, start interacting with uh, electronics. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, certainly. All of our interactions with the NodeBot um, was done was primarily done through Johnny Five. Um, and at the event, we did get exposure to Cylon JS, uh, which um, I believe they did sponsor some of JS Conf. And uh, that event, they were, they had a huge presence. We were at the table right next to them, and they have an amazing set of libraries that are uh, that are for all forms of of this new robotic hardware and these microcontrollers. Um, so definitely check out check out Cylon JS. Um, I believe it's just .com. Yeah. Um, just Google it. Um, it, it certainly um, is is helping to push that uh, abstraction a little bit forward um, because a lot of this stuff, you just like you're saying, you do have to go very low level. But Johnny Five and, and the like, they seem to add that abstraction that just lets you focus on getting familiar with the hardware. And then as you need to go deeper, you can certainly find the source for all of these on GitHub and then inspect it from there. So, yeah, but it definitely limits the intimidation. Yeah. Uh, just getting started. And there was a, uh, I believe there was a talk uh, on the, on the, the day before that uh, is, is out there. Or the video should be out there for uh, JS comp. So definitely check that out. Cause it, it was amazing to see how, how quickly you could hook different types of hardware up with, you know, very little config and get things right. going. So yeah, yeah, so we had rockets, we had boats, we had this uh, node bots, we had copters. Uh, so yeah. let's see. I guess uh, then there was, uh, and I guess like the boats and stuff, they they tested them out on the pool. <laughs> so they certainly did. We didn't make it over there to that, but right outside, as soon as node bots was ending, uh, they were launching the rockets right outside of of the uh, the conference center. And um, wow, yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, there it, it was an amazing uh, thing to see, and they were essentially used a uh, pressure pressurized PVC to help launch the bot okay. uh, or the um, the rocket. And the idea was that uh, as when it reached a certain altitude, there would be a parachute to deploy. Okay, uh, and it would safely float down to Earth. Okay, uh, there were some successful, uh, and there were not so some successful. So sure. there were some crashes and. And there were some uh, there were some that went perfect. So it it was very neat to see that put together. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I was actually uh, let's see, they had uh, poolside and beachside stuff, and then uh, I was participating in the uh, the golf tournament again this year. I, I always liked to I did that last year it was it was great, and so yeah, we just, we had a lot of a lot of uh, developers out there on the course, and uh, you know, and and it was just a wonderful day, and and uh, Node Source uh, sponsored that event. Um, yes, thank you, Node Source. Yeah, it, thank you. It's an awesome day that they do at this conference because it gives you 
you've got enough to talk about after a day and then you're put in situations where it's not as pressurized and you're not and you're also not as as just uh i'll use the word vulnerable or exposed in a hallway with strangers you're kind of you're you're able to create conversations and have conversations that you likewise wouldn't have uh yeah, yeah. With with all the events, so they it's you know they add the social aspect in the middle of the conference, that um, that really uh, adds to the value in my opinion. Yeah, that and and all the things and all the dinners and the evenings and all that kind of stuff and the, you know lunch and breakfast everything, all those things are you know opportunities to to network and and to meet people and and it is just it feels so comfortable it feels like family it feels you know everybody's there's a lot of similar interests you know it's it's just a it's a great thing. Uh, but yeah, there's so many activities. I mean, they have the um, Segway tour, uh, scavenger hunt, kayaking down the uh, Amelia River. Right. Just right. Uh, you know, just whatever you know, any, anything you could want to do, you can you can kind of find it there. So the and, scavenger hunt showed up in the Nodebot event, and they needed to. Um, it, it's funny how they intertwine the events because the scavenger hunt each year they've come into whatever event I was in, and they would they needed a picture with with you know certain number of people programming xbots and they oh, need yeah. to have bots in the picture or something like that so they they take great care at, in js comp planning to intertwine the events so that you get a chuckle out of it so yeah so uh, jumping in then to the next day uh, and getting into our our talks again the uh i guess the first talk was kicked off by uh, uh guy bedford in the uh, houston track it was the that was the kind of the, the primary track and and Guy uh, introduced uh, System System JS uh, and um, and JSPM.io, um, which is so. This was this was this is great. This is an uh, awesome uh, new framework as well, or to load uh, JavaScript modules. Um, specifically, it's using the ES6 um, module loader style, and it, he's actually uh, backported it so it'll work, you know, today with today's browsers. And the, the the neat thing about this is is um, it can load anything. I mean, it can load uh, AMD style. It can load Common JS. It can load ES6. And you know, it's kind of in a future future proofed way. Um, and he's he's got both the dynamic loading as well as um, uh, you know bundling. Uh, so if you want to bundle for performance, and I mean, I was just blown away. And you know, of of the, what he's got in there. And, uh, you know, and you can start using this today. And, and the nice thing is, is once all the, you know, the vendors, you know, once they support the ES6 natively, then, you know, a good chunk of that code or most of it goes away, you know. And so then, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're working native off, off the browser. So this is, this is really exciting to me. I think this is, uh, you know, he really took a hard look at the different approaches and, uh, you know, tried to, to take the pros from all the different, you know, approaches and, and, you know, get rid of some of the negative, you know, with uh, everybody likes the dynamic loading, you know, of, of, of require JS and AMD, but they don't like the configuration, you know, in the setup. And then, you know, then you go to the opposite side with Browserify, you know, it's almost no configuration, but, you know, you got to have a build step. And so he kind of married both of those things and kind of, you know, did, did both. And uh, I think it's a really good approach, you know, to, to that. What was your thoughts on, on seeing that? I think this is definitely something to watch going forward because, uh, like you said, it works today and it's going to work in the future. So I think that right there is it's going to give uh, legacy products the ability to, whereas if they don't have a, uh, if they're not using RequireJS right now, maybe they maybe they want to. If they, if they don't have any of that, 
maybe this can be a step that gets them there and and it does it in a way that is you know looking to the future uh with the es6 style right so and just like you said you can remove that if needed so and then of course those projects that have one or the other they can adopt this you know uh use jspm and and be a, you know at least set up for the future so i think it's uh and it's extremely uh interesting how uh you know he showed the demo of of adding a package and uh, yeah. you know you know that that um you know uh that utility i guess uh is just um it, it's awesome um yeah. i mean if you need jquery you just install jquery right uh, yeah. it's it's really um I, I can't say enough good things about the talk because it it gives us that future that we want and it gives it to us now. Yeah. So, um, and 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 I'm excited to see what ideas will come out of this when someone else plays with it in their project um, and you know is able to give feedback. Also, the other thing is he's very open to feedback um, and wants us to use it now. So that's very encouraging that um, it, he's not necessarily the benevolent dictator over the idea. He yeah. wants he he has simply put forth uh, his you know best uh, efforts and wants feedback and is willing to you know uh, get the community involved. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I got to interview Guy, and actually we put that out in uh, episode eight, and he was just a you know just a genuine person, just you know really uh, you know he put a lot of effort into this and, and a lot of thought. And wanted it to be a future-proof type thing because he'd gotten burned before, where he had implemented something and people moved on, and you know, and so it, it's um, you know it was really forward-thinking, and I, I I just think it's a great uh, thing. The other thing I was kind of neat about the JSPM was is kind of the package manager, uh, you know, the hosted package manager side of things. He's got this loader, but he's also got this this you know this um, a registry type thing, uh, JSPM, and what's neat about that is he's already using kind of some of the new technologies with uh, speedy uh, with server push and those kinds of things, you know, because when HTTP two and that comes out, um, you know, and it's going to have the ability to, uh, to push things to you. And so like, for instance, if you request, um, uh, you know, to, to load um, backbone or something, and then it needs other things, um, the server can know that and it can start to send that to you automatically as part of the first request. And then you can indicate, you know, the, the browser can say, no, I already have that or something. And it can cancel, you know, so it, it, but it can, it can, and rather than waiting and, you know, for multiple requests and have to go back and, you know, get some more and, and back and forth, it can actually, you know, initiate things, you know, to start knowing that you're going to probably need these things. And then, you know, and then you can say, no, I already have that or whatever. And so the HTTP2 is exciting, but that kind of changes our whole stack again, except that, you know, that uh, guys are already kind of, you know, trying to do the best thing, you know, uh, for both. So it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, you mentioned uh, loading requirements, you know, so it's, uh, it's kind of what we have right now with Bower, um, mm -hmm. you know, to go, if you need, um, you know, a uh, backbone, it'll go and get underscore uh, when loading that. And this is, you know, an, another iteration on top of that concept, yeah. uh, except so it's not part of your build process or, or part of your, your local source. This is happening real time. So. Yeah. So what was your next uh, talk that you, uh, you found uh, pretty compelling? I thought the, uh, so I, um, I thought the, the talk that was uh, a couple ahead uh, related to the modern mobile app tool chains by Jordan Mathiason. I thought that was very relevant for our time right now. Um, 
he he talked about uh, he works for Microsoft and he talked about their their use of uh, you know mobile app tool chains and they seem to be doing a lot of work with uh, Cordova, which is the the platform that PhoneGap is built off of. Um, and I've been uh, working uh, with with both of those or with Cordova, and um, it's uh, it's it's just setting us up um, you know for apps that are that are able to um, be uh, developed for a site and and then de deployed for mobile to see if that works for them. There are a lot of times I hear that a, someone wants a mobile app, but what they actually need is just an icon that goes to a mobile site right. um, because they're not necessarily ready. And so uh, the the phone gap model, which he, he delved into pretty deeply with the, the Microsoft stack, um, was... Um, it, it, it's very interesting to to see that evolve um, and things be built on top of that. Yeah. Um, and of course, a lot of what's driving that is is JavaScript. The Cordova stuff will give you um, uh, JavaScript bindings to the camera and uh, events that are on the phone uh, yeah. and all of these platforms. So um, that that really um, set a chord with me uh, on that day because. Uh, it's becoming more relevant where you need something in between a mobile site and a full-blown app. Yeah, I agree. I, the, the, the phone gap and Cordova and all those, uh, those variety of those, uh, uh, hybrid type HTML five, you know, build on top of that, uh, to give you uh, an app is just, they're, they're great because, uh, we, we can continue to use JavaScript and HTML five and CSS and all the things that we're used to, um, and then build it for all the different devices, you know, uh, so you don't have different sets of code, you know, for all these different, yeah. uh, you know, for and for a lot of apps, you can you can get a long way with with, uh, you know, these technologies. And I think it's, it's just increasing, you know, as they add more and more functionality to that. And as, um, you know, things like the uh, as Google is, is working on a service worker, once once you get stuff like that added into, um, you know, to HTML, uh, to the browsers and that, then it's just even going to be more, you know, amazing of what, you know, what a native app or what a HTML5 app can do, you know, on a, on a browser, it can, it'll, it'll feel native. I mean, it can do installed, you know, sure. installed type things. So it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. And I mean, it also, um, adds that same aspect I was talking about with the hardware in that you've got all these web developers that are experienced with building applications for, you know, larger, uh, you know, for, for the browser. Um, and they're able to take their expertise and apply it to a, a smaller device. Now, and you know, of course, they're back and forth from going with a web to to a, a phone, you know, web browser to a phone uh, browser, um, and you certainly want to be aware of that. But this at least takes care of that um, that packaging that was only previously done by e either you know an Android developer or an iOS specific, you know. So that, that it boils it down into that code and adds that layer of abstraction that's not too far off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if it's good, yeah. So that's that's exciting, exciting stuff. Um, another talk that I thought was just you know was really really well done uh, was Ryan Florence's talk, uh, Ambular Acular, Ambular Acular Ember Bone, um, okay. and he it was basically and it was amazing because you know these talks are short. I mean they're twenty to thirty minutes. Uh, you know typically I think the slot was for twenty minutes, but um, but he went through and kind of compared um, Ember. And Angular JS, Backbone, React, Polymer. I think that's all of them. But 
mm-hmm. uh, yeah and and it was it was great and and he you know he basically tried to show um he showed code and he showed um kind of in the key areas of of these frameworks and which ones delivered you know what kind of functionality they had and he you know he kind of left it up to you to determine you know what which one's you know the best for you but i mean he basically gave a nice comparison within you know the period of of you know 20 uh, 25 minutes or so right right it was an amazing talk i, I uh, believe on the last uh, episode i got it confused with uh, mikhail rogers talk uh, they were both similar in breaking down a framework um uh or amongst all of the frameworks that were out there but um he ryan gave a, a very um unbiased opinion of each of the frameworks and you know the if the lines of code mattered to you if the uh performance etc all of those he, he had some great uh, slides that went along with it um mm-hmm. it was very entertaining because uh a, a lot of the points you you uh, that he brought up um you don't necessarily uh think uh, i didn't think of all of them that he brought up so it was nice to have uh, kind of an you know an unbiased presentation of everything that was out there. Yeah. Given that given that he is a uh, a, a heavy uh, Ember fan or, or a huge Ember fan, so right. a heavy user of of Ember. So um, it, it was it was nice to see that style uh, a presentation. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he admitted you know that he had done the most most with uh, Ember, and you know after you know getting to know it he know you know he knows the full scope of what it it's capable of but he was able to you know do a good job of of you know of showing you know the different uh frameworks and even even talking about how easy or hard it was for him to pick it up you know and those kinds of things sure and uh you know and one of the things um you know he did talk about react at the end there um one of the things that you know he mentioned was react was typically you know primarily uh you know for used for the v for the view uh, and so that's where the primary focus was. But um, I guess after the talk, I don't know exactly, you know, the order of events. But somewhere since now, he's really gotten uh, involved in the React community, uh, and uh, he built a, he built a router for React, uh, which is based, you know, kind of inspired by Ember. And so he oh. kind of took the kind of the, the great functionality of the router in Ember and kind of brought it made a, a you know a module that uh, works with react really well and, and kind of brings that functionality so now if you add that together with react you gotta you know, you're starting to get a pretty compelling picture you know at least for for several of the components so that's pretty pretty neat that's definitely something to watch a lot of the the frameworks are adding that uh or a some kind of layer to swap react out for their view layer um i know there's ng react for angular and um and uh, the guys at Walmart Labs have a uh, a layer on top that they use for uh, Backbone. So mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it, without a doubt, I think that this year we have learned that uh, React has the view layer uh, where where we want it. Um, and if we can have all uh, the best of the React world and our framework of choice world. I think we're all going to be much happier, and then it's just, it's all going to turn out to be a better experience for the user. Yeah, uh, with you know uh, performance and and bindings, etc. So exactly, yeah, it's that's definitely yeah, uh, that's definitely something to watch. I'll keep my eye out for that. Yeah, it's exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, one of the next talks was actually Forrest Norville, and uh, we had uh, I had actually gotten to interview Forrest before the conference, uh, and when and we. Uh, 
released that as episode seven. Um, and if you're new to the show, um, de- definitely check out uh, Forrest's uh, uh, talk, or I mean the uh, the episode seven, uh, and get the kind of the, we got the kind of the background before his uh, before his talk. And uh, it was also it was a video of it as well. So if you go to the, the code win slash seven, you can get the video or the sound. But um, yeah, I thought he was very. I mean, there was it was just a great a great interview with him uh, sharing some of the behind the scenes of ES six and the community. And I guess his point, you know, really with the talk was was just encouraging us as a community to, to get involved and to try this stuff out and to figure out what we like and what we don't, you know, to to uh, find the good parts and adopt them now and, and teach people how to use them, you know, and if, if, if stuff isn't good, then we'll ignore it, you know, we just won't teach it or we will, you know, we'll, you know and and kind of you know and also give feedback and, and shape you know the language going forward and stuff and so i thought i thought it was really you know i just a good uh, leadership uh, talk you know to to inspire us to to get involved and and that we can actually make a difference you know these things aren't aren't set in stone you know and, and we can you know influence the you know the community so absolutely i think that uh, as, as a javascript developer throughout the years i've uh, always felt that the ecmascript um governing body has been unapproachable and his talk helped bring that to uh down to a more social level that we as developers can approach them uh it's not all just that you don't always have to know someone that that works for a browser vendor to be able to influence change um you can that there is a community of uh, uh from this body and they are open to ideas and suggestions from the community um i don't have any anything specific to at the moment but it's awesome to know that as i start playing with this and as i start um, implementing this in my own code bases that um, i can reach out to that body and get feedback and and offer feedback um, and it'll be heard so um it's it's very encouraging it was it was a a, 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 you know it, it was great to hear that uh, yeah. from someone is of his level. So, yeah, and and you know, and and just to elaborate on that, I know there's been, uh, you know, like uh, Domin- uh, Dominic Denicola, um, you know, has really been an advocate for promises, and so he was able to really shape and improve uh, the promises implementation. I, I believe, you know, based on the conversations with uh, the ECMA committee. So, uh, yeah, right. so this is definitely uh, definitely shaping things and helping things move forward, you know, in the right direction. Um, but yeah, definitely check out um, episode seven, and then follow it up and watch the Forrest's video where he goes into the details, you know, about the about the, uh, the um, ES6 and, and all that. So uh, another talk that uh, uh, I found really good was Spike Brem's uh, building isomorphic apps, and he was really kind of talking about how we uh, can use more and more code, uh, client side and server side now. So we can use uh, there's ways to reuse code. Um, you know that's always been kind of a, a holy grail. Uh, it's always been a little difficult, but it's it's getting more and more easier. Um, you know, with things like Browserify, um, and you know, basically you can take a lot of npm modules almost as is and and run them in the browser. And so, uh, you know, it's just making our, our lives a lot easier as far as being able to use code. You know, the same code server and, and client. Uh, you know, things for validations, things for uh, you know, and React. React runs on the server. Um, can render on the server and then turn around and render, render on the client. So, uh, you know, it's it's these are great things. I had Spike's uh, talk really kind of elaborate on that it was really good. 
Yeah, this is certainly an area to watch. Um, the example you had with React, uh, it's going to be interesting to have uh, you know server side generated. JavaScript templates being, you know, uh, done. I, I mean, you've got a rendering engine on both both sides of the pipe, right? So that uh, it's um, that changes the game for a lot of things that we currently do right now. Um, because you can you can even go as far as to say, well, I'll render this part on the server and send it down, and the other part it can finish. Com- it can complete down there, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's a very interesting time we're in that we have and with this uh this freedom that we're, we're going to have that uh ability to share code I, i'm very excited to I, I have not used the same code on the front end and the back end but i know that there's a day coming that i will and it's going to be awesome uh mm-hmm. to have to have that uh you know set of libraries that that are shared yeah yeah i mean we uh at one of my past jobs we were trying to do more and more of that um, and that was difficult because, you know, especially some using some of the, the previous tools, it was, it was kind of hard to make that work. And there was a lot of, you know, things you had to hoops, you had to jump through to make that work. But now it's just, it's getting easier and easier. You know, the, uh, the ability to take a common JS module and r- run it client or server, you know, I mean, that's, it doesn't get much easier than that. So, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, so moving forward there, uh, I saw, um, uh, Bo, um, I'm not sure how to say her name. Bodil, Bodil Stoke. I, I apologize to her if she hears this because I don't know how to say her name. But uh, she had a great talk on uh, building uh, a game, like she did it live, and yeah. uh, it was great. I mean, it was, she just—it was a reactive game. It was kind of a uh, uh, Mario type thing, Mario Brothers type uh, game that she just was putting together with html5 and and she was just uh it was it was amazing it's a definitely a video to an entertaining video to watch and and to see what you can do in in 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever yeah it was a very entertaining talk uh i i um have not done uh anything with game development and uh it was just magic to watch her live code this uh, because i've not done any of that so it was it was nice to see that all that could be done and i know that there are there's plenty of advancement in the uh, the browser game industry, um, and uh, it, it's exciting. It was, it was a, a really nice nice talk. So. Yeah, yeah, very very neat. Uh, Cassandra Perch uh, uh, spoke on modular application architectures, and I thought she did a good job of of trying to you know explain uh, you know talk about the different uh, sides of things as far as uh, keeping things modular. You know, it's something that we've been really talking a lot about in the Node community is keeping keeping things uh, focused and uh you know and all that so she had a good uh, good talk on and describing that and and mentioning some of the you know some of the lighter weight uh, frameworks uh, like flight and, and some of those things and then uh i guess following it up the last last couple talks that for that day uh, on the on houston track was uh there was one called uh, open web art and uh uh Kawandeep Verdi was was the uh, presenter for that, and it was just that was an amazing thing. It's 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 almost one of those things you you know JavaScript interactive collaborative art, and it was just inspiring. Um, you know, it, it's something to definitely you know just, if you wanted to be inspired, just take a look at that video because it's it's uh, it's just something to to see how people can can uh, all across the world can interact. Um, you know, in, in this open web art uh, uh, thing. So yeah. It was nice to see his um, his use of JavaScript as a medium. I did I'd never thought that 
a web or, or a language, a computer program language, could be literally, or I could now think of it as a medium for art. Mm-hmm. And um, he had hardware, he had software. It was very interactive. The the talk, uh, his delivery of the talk was um, was one of my favorite. Um, I mean, it it he. Um, I went up and talked to him after uh, or or throughout the evening um, after the the conference was over Um, and uh, he's a very animated uh, gentleman and very enthusiastic about the whole concept and um, it came from the stage as well. I was was really excited to to hear the talk and and just blown away about all of the different um, ideas and projects that he's executed on Um, and uh, so yeah, I was it was a great talk. Yeah, um, it was really good. And just, you know, one of those things that you want to, after you've seen so many talks and so many good good presentations, but then still to be inspired one more time, you know, uh, you know, as far as with, uh, you know, something on the creative artistic side of things, it was just, it was really good. And then, right. yeah. And then Brian, uh, Brendan kind of, uh, you know, kind of finished up uh, that track with a, a talk called Being Human. And I thought it was really um, just authentic, just a, uh, you know, an, um he really talked about breaking down walls and how, uh, you know, we really, uh, should think about, you know, where, where we've come from and, and how new people are coming to the, you know, in, into our world now. And we need to just really be you know open to them and, and, uh, welcome them in and, and remember that we were always, we were new at one point too, you know, and just, it was just an authentic, authentic talk. I thought it was really, uh, really good. So definitely something to, to listen to and, and make, makes you think twice about, about, you know, um, you know, where people are coming from sometimes. Certainly. Yeah. I think a, a lot of the times in development, we miss that there's a human aspect to what we're doing. Um, you know, and, uh, he, his talk, I won't go into any of the details of his talk, but I, I highly encourage everyone to listen to it because it's something it's very relevant now and in the past and it will be in the future. Um, you have to, you know, uh, treat people with respect and, um, you know, be open to ideas that, that someone shares with you. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a phenomenal end to the conference. Um, I, I didn't think I could be blown away with, uh, just a, a general talk about being human, but I was proved wrong very quickly. So <laughs> I highly urge everyone to listen to that talk. So. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and there was a whole, I mean, there's a whole another set of talks that were in the Cape Canaveral track that we didn't even get to see. Um, but you know, a lot of the videos are up for those. So definitely go check those out. I know there's, there's some great, uh, titles. I mean, I, I was torn a lot of times about which, uh, which place I was going to be at because there were so many good talks to, to see. So definitely, uh, check out the schedule and the list. Uh, those are, a lot of those are up on the, uh, on there. I'll put those, uh, links, uh, in the, in the show notes as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we finished off the conference and then we had a uh, we did a group picture like they normally do and this time we used a uh, a drone so uh it was pretty neat uh, uh to see that how that uh, the drone took multiple pictures and then they're gonna uh, put it together i guess uh, with software um but it was it was pretty cool to see a drone flying back and forth because it was such a large group so it was uh, it was neat to see neat to see that but we had some more uh dinners and uh and uh, a brunch the next day and and uh it was just you know just a great conference i think uh, what are what are your last thoughts uh on uh, on the conference there kevin uh i i i think it was um 
it, it was just so fitting how how they rolled us right into the evening and and the following day to send everybody off. And um, I uh, have tons of fond memories of the week and um, highly encourage anyone if you get a chance to go because uh, it'll be an experience you won't forget. Uh, and it's not necessarily just around the JavaScript language, but uh, with the people you meet and the different backgrounds that they come from and uh, just the the entire experience. It's hard to bottle up, and uh, you know we can talk about it and reminisce for days. But until you go and experience, it's uh, it's uh, it's hard to describe. So um, I uh, I look forward. The last thought is I certainly look forward to going next year, and I can't wait to be there. So yeah, me too. It's it's something that that I look forward to. You know, my first one was last year, and uh, and yeah, I, I just I hoping that I can make it, you know, every year if, I, if possible, because it's just uh, it's something, and people come from, you know, all over the world uh, to join in, and, and it's just, uh, it's it's something else, something else to be a part of that and, and to meet all those people. Without a doubt. So I guess we come to the end of our our uh, episode today. Uh, Kevin, what uh, what would you like to, to plug? I'd just like to reiterate November.org, uh, the conference on November 15th and 16th in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, right now, tickets are, uh, there are nine tickets remaining for $100, but uh, uh, the later prices aren't, aren't very much higher. So definitely get your tickets. Um, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, we'll both be there. So definitely uh, get your tickets and join us uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, November 15th and 16th, uh, Saturday and Sunday, for some uh, great JavaScript and Node uh, talks. All right, Kevin, I appreciate you taking the time today, and it's been a great uh, great episode. I'm glad that we uh, had the time to get together and talk about uh, Reflections of JSConf. Yes, thanks for having me. I hope you've enjoyed Reflections of JSConf 2014 with my friend Kevin Old. I would encourage you to check out some of the videos. The links and show notes are available at codewinds.com 13. If you would like to keep up on the latest in web developer news and training, follow me on codewinds.com, where I have a podcast, blog, and video training covering Node and JavaScript. Until next time, this is Jeff Barczewski with CodeWinds. Music by Audionautics.com.